Hi, my name is Dan, if we haven't met before, and I'm one of the pastors here at Hillcrest. And I uh, have the privilege of sharing with you tonight out of God's Word. And I love this time of year because it means a lot of people, families traveling, coming back into town, so it's a great time to see some uh, familiar faces who don't live here. For those of you who are part of Hillcrest, glad you chose to be here tonight. For those of you that are guests, we just want to say a heartfelt welcome to you and just say thank you for being here. As a church, we have this Advent season been going through a series called Mary, and it's based, of course, on the mother of Jesus. Tonight, I'd like to share with you a few minutes from a different perspective, and that is the perspective of Joseph. As we'll see, the promised Messiah, Jesus, would unexpectedly enter the middle of Joseph's story, whether he was prepared for it or not. He would not only become a father, but he would become the father, the earthly father to the son of God. For me, there's nothing like being a dad. I love it. At 25 years old on Thanksgiving Day is when um, we had our first child. When, when Connie, my wife, and I got married, I was a young youth pastor. She was a new teacher, just recently graduated from SPU. And when we got married, we came up with this unique novel concept about planning for our future and family. And it had to do with, it was called the five-year plan. That's what it was called. Have you ever heard of that? Um, we wanted to be married for five years and then start our family. Well, seven months into being married, we found out that she was pregnant. So the five-year plan was no more. We had an unexpected turn in our story um, and it is by the grace of God that pregnancy lasts nine months because I needed every minute of that nine months to prepare myself for the change and to get used to the idea that our plans had changed. Have you ever had anything like that happen to you? Things didn't turn out the way that you thought. Maybe it was an unexpected pregnancy or an unexpected illness, an unexpected disability, an unexpected move, an unexpected death of someone you love an unexpected financial struggle, or a broken friendship, or broken family relationships, or an unexpected school change, or career change. These things happen to us, and in this story, Joseph was given a very unexpected turn. Please turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 25. It was read at the beginning of the service, and we're going to spend just a few minutes breaking it down tonight. So Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 says this. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. Another word for pledged would be betrothed. And it's different than the way our culture would know engagement. See, when a girl moved into the time of life where she would become a woman, it was tradition that she would take um, the time and be prepared by her mother. She would learn all the skills and functions about being a wife, about being a mother someday. And when a boy moved into the time of life where he was becoming a man, he would be thrown into his father's world. He would learn the family business. This was so that someday he could provide and he could take care of his family. Joseph's family, his, his dad was a carpenter. Could have been a blacksmith, it could have been many other things, but his family, his dad was a carpenter. Eventually, the parents of the young man would choose a wife to be betrothed to their son. Arranged marriage. I didn't like that idea when I was in that age, but I kind of like the idea now. Don't tell my kids that. Um, it was an official arrangement between two families. 
there would be a legally binding contract that only could be broken by the formal process of divorce. And Joseph, here he was, a young man, 16, 18, 20, somewhere in that range. And Mary was a very young teenage girl. Maybe she could have been as young as 13 years old. It's a small village, so Joseph and Mary had known each other since they were kids, most likely. He might have even had a crush on her growing up. He'd seen her in the synagogue. He'd seen her around town. Their families had talked, and they agreed upon some agreement, some things, some goods would change hands. And they agreed upon this betrothal, this marriage, and they blessed it. And Joseph made the bold and courageous move of asking Mary to be his wife. About a year after their betrothal, they would be married in all senses of of the word. So imagine Joseph's been spending a long time building this life for he and Mary. He pictured it this way. Marry a godly and beautiful woman. Raise an amazing kid someday. Build a successful career so that someday my sons would be able to take over the family business. Now we know from the other gospels that an angel had appeared to Mary and told her that she would be with child. And then he would be the prophesied Emmanuel, which means God with us. He would be a redeemer. He would be a savior. Someone that would pay the ransom for the sins of mankind. And upon hearing the news of this, Mary takes a trip to visit her cousin Elizabeth. And she's gone for about three months. I'm sure Joseph missed her. I'm sure he was anxiously awaiting. He was just counting down the days. He probably had a paper chain, you know, pulling them off links every day. You know, he's waiting for her to come back. But it says um, in verse, continuing in verse 18, it says, But before they came together, she, Mary, was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. So imagine with me, Joseph. He's not seen Mary for three months. To have her return, that would be so exciting. He just couldn't wait for that moment. So I hear she's back in town. And being apart really does make the heart grow fonder. His pulse is racing. He can feel this heartbeat in his chest. And he's walking first calmly, but then he starts to walk faster and maybe even running to meet the woman he loves. He sees her and their eyes meet. And then he realizes she's showing he realizes that she's pregnant. And his mind races with thoughts like, what? I don't understand this. We kept our commitment. We honored God. What does this mean? And the only thing that made sense in that moment was that Mary, his future wife, had been with someone else. The time is passing in slow motion, and Joseph is devastated. He's heartbroken, and he's angry. The life that he dreamed of, the life he'd been preparing for, is shattered. Such a beautiful story broken by such a tragic ending. And at that moment, in his mind, Mary had betrayed him. She'd broken his trust, broken their relationship, and broken the heart of God in his mind. In everyone's mind, Mary had committed a huge betrayal. It appears that if she had broken her covenant between Joseph and, most importantly, God, her family was devastated. The gossip begins. And the questions start pouring in. What will he do? What will happen? Under the law of Moses, there was options, and some of those options led to death. She could die for her, for that. So for a brief moment in time, in the history of the world, the fate of sinful mankind and the future of Jesus and the redemption 
And that plan was placed upon the shoulders of a broken-hearted young carpenter. What would he do? He wanted to show her compassion, but if he married her, there'd be a dark cloud always following over their relationship in the eyes of others. So he decides he's going to divorce her quietly. And I'm sure that night it was hard for Joseph to fall asleep. I'm sure he stained his pillow with tears as he wrestled with God and asked the question over and over and over, how could this happen? Eventually he does fall asleep, and in that sleep he has a dream. And it says this in verse 20, but after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Don't be afraid? Are you kidding me? What would he have to be afraid of except for judgment, fearing for his life, fearing for his family's life? It says, you will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people. The angel's words implicitly command Joseph to accept his role as earthly father of the Son of God. Verse 24 says, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Joseph's story didn't turn out the way that he had thought it would, like he planned. He would end up having to take his very pregnant wife on an 80-mile donkey ride to Bethlehem. No, thank you. That does not sound like fun for anything, anybody involved, right? He would try desperately to find a place for her to give birth, but only to end up in a manger full of animals, a stable. He would live with the pressures of raising God's son, protecting his life from an evil king, carrying out the responsibility that no earthly father could do on their own or in their own strength. He would take a back seat in God's story. We wouldn't even know what happens to him after Jesus turns 12 years old. Joseph disappears from written scripture. And even though Joseph believes in the virgin birth, it doesn't mean that everybody that I come across in their life will. He and Mary will live with somewhat of a dark cloud in the eyes of people, the whispers and thoughts of people believing that their relationship had begun with sinning against God. But do you think he regretted it? I don't think so. Not a chance. Because God gave Joseph an important role in history, in his story. Jesus entered Joseph's story in an unexpected way. And as we wrap up this talk, I want to ask you this question. In what ways has Jesus entered your story? In what way is he entering your story? Because if you allow him, Jesus, to enter the middle of your story, it might not turn out the way that you had planned, but you'll be better off for it. It's not a promise that life's going to be perfect and there's never going to be problems. That's never promised anywhere in Scripture, but there is a promise that it's a better life and it's a life where we don't have to do it on our own. So we are good at planning out our own lives. And not to say that planning is bad, but what if Jesus wants to enter the middle of your story and shake things up? Are you open to that? 
You might be here tonight, a child, a student. You dream of making a name for yourself someday. How, how does Jesus fit into your story? How open are you to, to him changing the course of your life? You might be a single adult and everything within you says, get married, I want to get married so bad. But how does Jesus fit into your story? Do you put your life in his hand, on hold until it happens or are you open for Jesus to use you in one of the most fruitful seasons you'll ever have in your life? How does Jesus fit into your story? You might be a couple that really wants to have kids someday, but it's not happening. How does Jesus fit into your story? You might be parents, and your greatest prayer is that your children would grow up and serve God with their whole heart. And maybe they are, and maybe they're not, and maybe they're, they're, um, they're struggling. How does Jesus fit into to your story, into their story? Can you commit them into his hands? Maybe as in your family there are physical or emotional um, challenges or disabilities or, or sickness, things like that. How does Jesus fit into that? And even those of you that have nobody, live, no kids living at home and you're retired and you're a grandparent, or maybe not yet, maybe you're looking forward to a life of ease after working so many years and you deserve a break. But how does Jesus fit into your story? How might he use you? In what way is Jesus entering your story? Are you open to it? Because there's a chance that it might shake things up, but in a good way, and it's worth it. Our prayer is that no matter what you're facing, no matter what happens, what is happening around you, that you'd be open and see the way that Jesus wants to enter your story. Maybe you're someone here tonight and you're new to all this. Maybe you, you need to um, understand the depth of what Christmas means and that birth of this baby that would grow up to become the Messiah, that would take the sins upon the world upon himself to redeem your life, to give you new life. And maybe you're someone who's known Jesus for many years, but you're facing something right now where you need his help. You need his wisdom, his guidance, his direction. Or maybe someone around you needs you to take that message of hope of the gospel to them. Jesus wants to be an active part of each of our stories. Did that in Joseph's life. And all those years ago, in a stable with some animals, with a, with a, a mom and a dad who probably felt really alone, they weren't because they had God with them. And that's his promise to us, that he would never leave us nor forsake us, that he's there, he loves you, and he wants you to be open to him. Will you pray with me tonight? God, I'm so grateful that we can meet here, that we take time out, and we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, and we're so blessed by that great gift that we were given as sinful humanity. But it's so easy in this time of year to be so caught up in buying presents and traveling and trying to get things together and, and there's stress around it. And often we go, wow, I've hardly thought about what this, what this is about. Or let tonight be a night, let this moment be a moment where we say, 
thank you to what you have given us as your gift of, of your son. But may us also say, in what way, Lord, you want to interrupt, you want to change our story, you want Jesus to enter our story, so be it. We invite you into this place, we invite you into our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.